Meet me on the softer side. Meet me on the softer side. Softer side of your heart. Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. Derek is the Eisner, Harvey, and Ingett Award winner award-winning author of the Tune series, Same Difference, The Eternal Smile, and Good as Lily. He has also contributed to numerous anthologies, including Flight, Volume 1, Fables, 1001 Nights of Snowfall, and Bizarro World. And here he is to talk a little bit about World Book Night. Uh, thanks for coming, everybody. Um, I'm super, super flattered and uh, excited to be here. This is one of my, probably my favorite books are actually in LA, so yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I, I, I've been told it's just like a really informal thing, so uh, if you have any questions you'd like to ask at any point, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just have to say like being uh, the first uh, comic book person or first comic to be selected for World Book Night is like a huge honor. I don't know. I'm convinced that my mom is on this board because <laughs> there's so many great comics out there, uh, like Jen Wang's books. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just really just, I couldn't believe it when they told me. I, I, I was totally shocked. Um, but yeah, I, I think this world, uh, what is it called again? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the World Book Night—I <laughs> was just joking. The uh, the World Book Night thing, I think, is just an amazing program to to you know spread reading and um, share literacy. I mean, like, what could be better? Um, so, um, yeah, I, I I actually didn't get into reading until probably high school. Sad to say, uh, my senior year of high school. Um, or my, no, I'm sorry, my freshman year of high school, uh, our English class got into mythology, Greek mythology. So um, I really got into Greek mythology, and um, so I started like just devouring those stories first. So that's, that was kind of like my gateway into, into reading. Um, I mean, I'd always read before that, but it was mostly comics before that, because <laughs> I am a cartoonist. Um, but uh, like prose books wise, that that's what really got me into was Greek mythology, and then um, I went to the library, to school library, and I tried to find more books on Greek uh, mythology. And this one book came out called Centaur Isle by um, Piers Anthony, and uh, I didn't realize it wasn't Greek mythology at first, um, and so I picked that up, and then I just got completely hooked on Piers Anthony books, and then um, from there, you know, I moved on to other books without centaur sex and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then in, in, in school, uh, or in, in school I took a creative writing class and um, I was introduced to, you know, authors like Raymond Carver and this kind of John Cheever and those kind of writers and I really fell in love with just straightforward fiction and, and realizing that stuff that stuff that actually is from real life, I mean there's nothing you can really make up that's as interesting. I mean, not to say like Lord of the Rings isn't interesting, but um, uh, 
I don't know. There's something. It's. I find that it's much harder to write straightforward fiction than than fiction where you can make up anything you want because you're limited by what everybody sees every day. You know, so you have to be much more careful about what you can construct in a story. And I find that really challenging and uh, really interesting. Um, but um, but you know, I, I've kind of gotten out of that phase because my you know my newest book tune is a sci-fi series. <laughs> so uh, it's not like I'm really strict about one being better than the other or anything like that. But um, yeah, I just like literature of all kinds. Um, and uh, so yeah, I mean, if anybody else has any stories uh, about sharing or reading or whatever, I think anybody's welcome to talk about it, right? Isn't that? Okay. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, or if you have any questions for me um, about World Book Night. Uh -huh. Well, I was thinking when you were saying that about it being the first graphic novel or comic book for World Book Night. It's pretty interesting and um, having worked here and seeing how like comics and graphic novels as far as sales in the bookstore have completely changed in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. and how many more people are reading them yeah. and, all that, and how it's, it's become a different type of an audience for them. And I'm wondering if, uh, what do you think that means? Like, is there, is that, is that a simple, uh, do, do, I mean, do you have any feelings or thoughts about why that is or what happened in that time period that, that kind of opened up a larger audience to graphic yeah. I think people um, try to complicate it by talking about like um, what's happening in bookstores or whatever, stuff like that, market and stuff like that. But I think it just comes down to good works in comics. Uh, I think starting with the 80s, um, I mean, there was always like interesting comics like in the 60s, the underground comics and stuff like that. But they were so kind of esoteric that I don't think you're like a lot of people could get into them because they were so raw. I mean, and it's great and a lot of people like that, but I think it alienates a lot of people too when you're just talking about you know, your LSD trip with, you know, crazy, uh, 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 you know, uh, hallucinations or, you know, your sexual fantasies or whatever. <laughs> I mean, those are all great things to write about, but I mean, I, I think it was very narrow in uh, what they were talking about. But then starting from the 80s when Mouse came out, I think that, I think Mouse was like the watershed book for comics becoming more um, pushed into the mainstream. Um, but I think I think sales wise it's kind of like peaked, right? Isn't it going more well, not for us. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. Oh okay, wow, that's that's amazing to hear and great to hear. I think you might be right though. I think the like mouse like the quality yeah. and the kind of depth maybe to the Definitely. And I think, I think there was more of a push toward comics that were um, book-length books instead of, rather than pamphlets. And I think that also made it much more accessible to people because it was much more familiar, the structure and the form. Um, so that, yeah, I think... And then I think in the 90s... To me, the golden age of comics is like 90s because that's when I grew up. And uh, that's when I discovered uh, like Love and Rockets and Peep Show and Hate and all those kind of comics. Uh, and then, you know, right after that, there was, like, all of us that were inspired by those comics, like Craig Thompson and Jean Yang and Jen Wang and me. Um, and uh, I think with each generation, like, um, we think of comics less and less from where they came from, whether it's superhero comics or uh, indie com or or underground comics and just are just whatever we're thinking it's just a vessel for whatever or anything just like fiction is and i think that's what you know 
propelled them to be sort of on the same level as uh, as regular pros, I would think. Um, yeah. I'm a school librarian, and the kids just, they can't get enough of the graphic novel. I mean, I can't get enough. <laughs> one fourth grader today can, I've read all the graphic novels you have. <laughs> what do you do? They love them. Oh, wow, that's great. Not so much. <laughs> Why do you think that is that, that parents don't seem to like yeah, that? So. I, I mean, to me, they're reading and it's great and they love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think. Get another book to go with it. Right. But I think with each generation, as those kids grow up and they have kids, I don't think they'll be as prejudiced. You know, and I think it'll just get broader and broader where nobody will care anymore, you know. That they're comics or not comics, you know. Yeah. I was just talking to, to some other people about this last week, but like how um, I think there could be a thing where where now kids are they're like really used to the visual medium, mm-hmm. um, like they're you know they're much more comfortable with like uh, just, you know like with the like iPads and, and the internet, like yeah, so much more visual, and it just it makes more sense to them than maybe somebody who grew up uh, just. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Gene talks about that. Gene Yang. Was it on that panel? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The first time I met Gene, he was like talking about, it was at NCTE, and he was talking about how there are two kinds of literacy now. There's a visual, like visual literacy and, um, you know, like prose literacy, and that, like, Fluency in both is very common to kids now because, you know, we're looking at iPhones or, you know, like our world is so visual. Right. So different than, you know, so, so you have to become visually literate as well. But that was smart. Gene. Gene's very smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking about Gene Yang, the author of American Born Chinese. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's really good. I don't know why that wasn't picked. Uh, but. <laughs> um, but I totally agree. Like, I think the internet's changed everything. I think it's changed me a lot in terms of uh, reading. I think I, I have less patience now for reading. <laughs> you know, like I never remember like reading a book and thinking, "What? I wonder what's happening on Facebook." You know, <laughs> which is like what I think now. But uh, so I think it's like good and bad in some ways. I don't know. Yeah, um, you have to kind of block it out at different times. Mm-hmm. You can't, if you're reading online, it's not. You're not reading. It's a whole different experience. It's, yeah. You could be reading, a, you know, an article even, but it's just a different type of experience. And you kind of like, if I, you have to, when I sit down to read a, a book I'm reading or something, it's like I'm saying up the time, you know, I was like, I'm going to spend 15 minutes. Where yeah. You do it on the internet, you can automatically just jump around anywhere you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. Right. And in, in a book, in the middle, there isn't a link to Lindsay Lohan's latest <laughs> debacle or whatever, you know? It's so distracting, like all these like banners and whatever. Yeah. Um, so who, who is a World Book Night giveaway uh, person here? Yeah, giver. Oh, wow. Almost everybody. That's so awesome. <laughs> How did you guys find out about it? Because I actually didn't know until I was selected for the, the thing. Okay. I, saw, I actually saw a sign in uh, a bookstore by my house, mm-hmm. and then I went online, and it was last year, and it was too late to apply, because there's a deadline to apply. Right, right. So I kept it in line, and then applied this year. Oh, okay. 
Oh, that's great. Europe? I think they, it was in Europe first. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a British one. I know yeah. that. Yeah. So I read about it in Europe, and then, and then um, I think I signed a little thing. If you're interested in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Oh, yeah, sorry, everybody, this is Cecil Castellucci. <laughs> she's also an author of comics and prose, and she's also great. So. <laughs> I wanted to point that out. Um, uh, yeah, this is, this is a really cool thing. Um, did you guys grow up giving out books before? I mean, before this program? No? Okay. Uh, I got introduced, my first book that I got introduced to was... Um, uh, was The Little Prince that my mom read to me like on the subway and uh, still one of my favorite books and, and I, I think a lot of it is because of that like I have a memory of her reading it to me like on the subway um, yeah it's such a great book um, <laughs> anybody else have favorite books that got them into reading <laughs> nobody reads here okay great <laughs> oh The Phantom Tollbooth yeah that's great too <laughs> how did, did you start did you study graphic art in college or how did you comics person uh, yeah uh, I majored in illustration and minored in creative writing I went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco uh, I actually never graduated I still have a year left <laughs> for my degree <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah I'm another college dropout um but uh, I, I do wish, I always tell kids like in art school though, like not to stop. I say finish just because, you know, you might not be able to make a living at art. And if you can't, or at least are, work or are working toward that, you might need a job that requires a degree. Like uh, I was in Korea uh, and I was teaching English just to make ends meet uh, for two years while I was actually working on Same Difference. And uh, I didn't have a degree, so I couldn't teach at like the normal uh, English schools that they have there. So I had to kind of, they actually, I, I was teaching at this like kind of smaller school and they, um, I remember one day I came in and I was like, uh, uh, he told me, I, I came in and all my like books were gone. All my like uh, grading books and everything were gone from my shelf. And I was like, what is going on? And the principal told me, um, can you not be here today? I was like, what? And then they said, uh, yeah, all the, the, the committee that checks all the schools are coming today, and you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So, um, so because of that, I, I always tell them, get your degree, because you might need it for something else. Um, but I mean, unless you're like, you know, Bill Gates or something, then, then who cares? But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but beyond, before that, I, I always made comics. Um, I think like with anything, and I'm not comparing myself to Tiger Woods or anything, but anybody that does it as a living, most of the time, they do it when they're little kids without being pushed or anything. And then, you know, you see that they do it on their own. And then, and then you decide. I remember, um, do you guys remember the, uh, like in comics or like magazines, there was that ad that had like, can you draw this pirate or can you draw this turtle? So I, I, I sent away for that, that, that school. And I got in, and um, I remember the, uh, the the recruiter came to my house, and they talked to my parents, and um, they they were like, "Oh, we really want Derek to come in," and all this stuff. And then, and then my dad uh, said no, and I was like, I was devastated. I was, I, I remember crying in my bed. 
was like, they don't believe in me. Um, but little did I know, it's because my dad wanted to send me to a real art school, you know. Um, <laughs> which he did. He went to the Academy of Art. But uh, at the time, I thought, like, he didn't believe in me. And I was really crushed. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, um, about seeing difference? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. Is, is anybody here not read it? Or... Um, Okay. Um, same difference is about um, two friends. Uh, one of them is um, racked with guilt about how he treated this blind girl when he was in high school. And, um, and then the other best friend is uh, she, she's just moved to a new apartment and she's been constantly getting these letters uh, that are addressed to the previous tenant. And just they're like piling up, and she 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 keeps forgetting to forward them. And one day she decides uh, to open them, <laughs> and it turns out that the the writer is somebody that's obsessed with this person that was living there before, and um, so they make this trip to kind of like stalk this guy, and Simon's story and her story kind of merge as as the story progresses. So the story really is like just you know about growing up and being more mature and. Um, uh, realizing that stuff that you do, even if you think they don't mean anything to the world, it, it has repercussions and waves. Um, and uh, and it's a lot about like uh, quarter life crisis, I guess. Because when I wrote it, I was like 25 or something, or probably a little later, 28, something like that. And um, I was feeling like uh, everybody else my age was kind of passing me in terms of the, the stuff you're supposed to do in life as, as you progress to each age. Um, so that was like really just in the forefront of my mind. So I decided to do a story on it. The story actually started out as a 35-page story. And as, as I worked on it, it turned into an 80-page story. So it really ran away with me. Um, and, uh, and also, I actually serialized it online first before it was published. So as I wrote the story, uh, I, I, I was putting it out three panels a day. So every day there was like a three, three panels that people were following. Um, this is before like YouTube and stuff that, that like you could actually be entertained by. And it was before, <laughs> and it was before uh, they could actually stream video, like high quality video. Um, you know, you were still looking at porn like this, where the image was like, you know. So people didn't really have any options, actually, I think. And that's a lot, uh, a big part of the reason why I think Same Difference got so popular. I mean, if YouTube and all these things are around, Jezebel, I don't think people would read Same Difference now. But I think at the time, I was just like right at the right time. And I was actually one of the first comics to be serialized online. I think that really helped as well. Um, and like, Jen, you were serializing Strings of Fate at the same time, right? But yours is like super long, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was pretty long, but but uh, I was in high school, so I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was working and I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, back to what I was saying. Um, because I was serializing it online, the, the people's feedback as I was making it actually played into the the formation of the story. And I think a big part of the why it ended up being eighty pages was was the readers actually they kind of sort of steered it in a way because like a lot of times I didn't want to maybe they had some questions that I thought I should put into the story and some things I didn't want them to be let down by so I put that in the story um, yeah uh, there were some things in the story I remember I'm just trying to think if I took out anything or anything like that 
But I remember a lot of people didn't like the ending. I remember that. <laughs> I mean, the majority of people liked the ending, but a lot of people didn't like the ending because it's, it's not perfectly clear how everything ends. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically what the same difference is about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other questions? I wonder what it is okay. about that, that made the same difference resonate with them I wondered that too, yeah. I, I just assumed there must have been somebody on that board that either really likes my comic or, or you know what it could have been was that I think a lot of comics publishers probably don't even know about this yet. And because for a second it's very ingrained in the book world, they probably know about it. The public nominates it? Oh, I see. It could be that publishers, could be that publishers also sort of like say, hey, these are some books you'd like to nominate, and then, and then it sort of gets good Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Did you get to vote on it, too? Did you get to vote? Um, no, when well, these, like, it came out the period, then you chose what you wanted, but yeah, they were yeah. asking for names yeah. of you know, titles through the last couple months. Right. Okay, I see. Well, whatever was the reason, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I, uh, the places this like 80-page book is taking me, actually, to be totally honest, I, I would have never, I, I literally did it just because I needed to get the story out, because I was, the, um, the story about the blind girl. So basically, Simon, he, um, this, this blind friend of his asks him out to the Sadie Hawkins dance. And because he has, um, he basically didn't want people to think that he couldn't get any other date besides a blind girl. Just like a really petty reason to not take somebody to a dance. And um, that, that part is actually real. I, I'm really ashamed to say uh, that actually did happen to me. And, or I did it upon myself. And, um, and I was feeling a lot of guilt about it. I remember, like, even at the age of like 28, I was still thinking about it, and like, thinking like, if I ever ran into her, like, I would really apologize and everything. So because of that, it's just a story I, I just really wanted to get out um, more than anything. I wasn't really thinking about anything else. Um, I wasn't even thinking about it as, as a book at that point. I was just turning out the story on, on the internet. Um, and then uh, once I got the Zurich grant, I could put it into a book, and then Top Shelf picked it up, but. Yeah, I, I never imagined Top Shelf would pick it up. I had Matt Groening come up to me once at a convention. I tried to give him the book, and then he was like, uh, you did this book? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I loved it. I already read it. I already have it. Just like, what the hell is going on? This is insane. Um, yeah, and then like, uh, it got picked for this um, high school award thing in, in France. So actually, I got taken to France and taken to all these high schools in France to speak up, speak about the book, and basically got a tour of like the southeast part of France, like Nice and Marseille, and this was just madness. <laughs> I, I never would have imagined or like getting picked for a World Book Night. So um, yeah, if you ever did something horrible in high school, write about it, <laughs> turn it into a comic, and put it on the internet because you might get a free trip to France. <laughs> Did you ever run into her? I still haven't. I still, and I, I've never found her on Facebook or anything. And she was a good friend of mine, just in her circle of friends. Um, but yeah, actually, how would a would a blind person be able to use Facebook? I mean, I don't really. That like reads it to them, maybe, or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I've never run into her. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, well, thank you. I know for me, like when I did the first year, I didn't do it last year, but the first year I did uh, the book The Things They Carry, which is a book about Vietnam War. Oh, wow. And, uh, okay. And I don't know if you guys know this, but in Montrose, California, the first Vietnam Memorial in America is up there. It's not very big, but it's the first one ever built. First what ever built? The first Vietnam Memorial. Oh, okay. Um, wow. And so, I, you know, it was a rainy night that year. So I was out there in the rain, hanging out this book. Um, but it was still kind of like, I ended up planning out half a box because there was no one out in the rain. Yeah. But I think it did hand out a few too. Like, I got one to an actual bed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And some other people that were getting off the bus there and stuff that, you know, were totally surprised to see me there. And um, it was actually, you know, considering that I didn't, you know, I expected it to be kind of like, for me, uh, interesting because, like, you know, I, I just like the idea that there's like this tiny little Vietnam memorial up there, you know. Yeah. But, um, that it actually became something like kind of deeper in, in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, totally. So th that was one of the World Book Nights? That was the first one I did. Okay. I didn't do it last year, and then this year I chose the Tale of the Cities book, Tale of the oh. U.S. Small Town. Yeah, yeah. Book, and I'm going to take that at the park. Um, and I'm just on the street. Oh, awesome. I remember watching the PBS version. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was so great. <laughs> you can watch it at Yeah, I think you put it on the application. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to apply. You have to apply, and I don't know how they chose us. I don't. I mean, I would be. I can't imagine turning too many people down. I guess you could. May I ask what the response was from your previous years? Like, are people skeptical that you're giving away? Yeah. Oh, really? Calling the Boulevard, which is great, because it was such a mix of people. We get together there, but. People are incredibly skeptical of anyone giving them a book on how they Yeah, or even talking. <laughs> so it was, it was but people, once they really got like, no, they have books and they're really great and we like them and we like to have them, they got really happy. Once you, once you cross that divide mm -hmm. of we are neither speaking and selling this to you or yeah. converting an agenda or into a religion that we just put out. <laughs> Intelligentsia uh, um, sunset and, um, with a little sign that says, ask me about this free book. And I think that like sometimes at the beginning, people think I'm just a crazy person who's trying to like hawk my own book. <laughs> I'm like, no, I did not write Kindred by Octavia Butler. <laughs> I did not write, you know, uh, I'm not Willa Cather, you know. <laughs> so hopefully tomorrow <laughs> they will they will be like, what is this your book? <laughs> Are you Derek Kirkkill? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's free. But I think you're right. Like after after sort of like one person um, sort of takes it and then they sort of understand, then then I found that like a couple of other people were like, oh, okay, I'll take one too. Yeah. The LA Times, if everyone saw yesterday, they had a whole article about World Book Night and how yeah. people were hesitant to take it because is it really free? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how often does that happen? Right. You know, it's yeah. just like such a, yeah. I mean, it's such a shame that it's such a rarity, but it is. You know, they probably think you want, they want you to donate money or something to, yeah, something. Yeah. Maybe that's why they give us a sticker, so you can look me or I have a 
That's why we're in Michigan. We went to the library the day tomorrow. The only time I wear the shirt. I'm trying to legitimize it for. I'm doing the YMCA. So I have a young adult book, a kids book. So I have no idea what the research. What book are you getting one? Bridge to Paradise. Oh, yeah. Part of it also is like getting the, the word out so that like in the future, hopefully if it continues, that people will know about it, you know, and like, oh, that's, it's that night again, that's mm -hmm. people on the street. Right, right. I tell people like, you can do this next year. It's yeah. really fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so do you give away books here at the store? No way. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I meant the World Book Night books, not just random books. No, I mean, I think that I try to take it to places that where books are not. Right. Or kind of scarce. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I think you guys are all really brave. I go through community groups where I know people because I can't imagine standing on a street corner and talking to people. Yeah. That was both. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. No, we did that like uh, last year and year before. We had extra books that people didn't pick up, and we would contact. Yeah. Is there a Facebook page on For what book that Yeah, there is. And then when do you get to nominate? Like who you think should be picked? Well, is it just online? Papers, we have to do the application I think, by January. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's in fall. fall. I think it's in fall. You can just nominate any book, like doesn't matter, like so, just it's wow. Pretty open. Hmm. Interesting. Because some are current bestsellers from this last year, and some are this one I'm doing is from you know. Like, yeah. Well, it, it just made me wonder because like why aren't the most? I mean, why aren't just the top-selling books picked then if people are just? Maybe it's like the the, the publisher. Like they have to ask the publisher, do you want to do Oh, the royalty stuff. That's make, right. Make a, make a cop, make, you know, and then they have to, to, um, to make a new, you know, book. Yeah. Probably have to. Yeah. Oh, wait, that, they actually make all the books themselves. Yeah, but I think yeah. publishers help pay for all that. Yeah. I mean, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, before I forget, I actually just remembered, I actually brought a copy of my new book series. It's one and two, and I'm just going to give them away. Um, <laughs> so, um, I don't know, how do we do this? Hunger Games. Hunger Games? <laughs> okay, alright. Um, mud wrestling? Can we do that? Arm wrestling? <laughs> um, okay, um, just questions maybe? Should I do like a trivia thing? Trivia is good. Trivia is good? Um, okay, uh, let me think. This is real good. <laughs> well, this book is about... It's about an artist trapped in a world where art doesn't exist. So maybe I should ask an art-related question. It's also a book about jumping dimensions, so I could do something about that. Okay, what, what, is, the, um, what is the scientific theory that proposes that there are multiple dimensions? Yes. What's that? Yeah, yes, right there. Yep, string theory. <laughs> Uh, I'll ask an art-related question now. Anything? <laughs> um, gosh, no, this wouldn't be fair because only artists would know this. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a broad. Um, oh, okay. What's the name of my publisher? 
That's an easy one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.